Okay. Well, uh, do you guys want to try to get rolling here? Let's do this thing. We sure. feeling, feeling confident? Let's shit this thing out. What? Feeling something. <laughs> Let's shit this thing <laughs> That's about the most appropriate thing any of us have said. Uh, all right. Um, who wants to go first? Let's just let's just figure it out while we're recording. Screw it. Hey, how's it going, everyone? It's Kevin here with Pursuing Pixels, and I'm here tonight with uh, Randall. Hey, everybody. And DJ. Hey. All right. Uh, and uh, I guess we're just going to dive right into it today. We're going to talk about some more video games. And uh, DJ is uh, taking another uh, another deep dive into uh, the Dark Souls universe. Deep, uh, deep dive. Little oh, remastered dive. Little 1080p. <laughs> hey, it was on sale, man. Uh, <laughs> and I love a good sale. But it was... The problem was it was on sale both PS, uh, PlayStation Store and the eShop. Uh-oh. And so I had a real dilemma because on sale for the same price. Which okay. way to Well, it was really choosing between like, you know, the portability versus like the better uh, graphics and everything. Right. And I ended up going with the PS4 okay. um, just because A, um, you know, when I play these games, I'm usually, you know, on the couch for five plus hours per session. <laughs> just slothing. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. As you, you do. Know, I, I know. No, uh, no food. It's a great way to lose weight is for me to just put in a Souls game and forget that I'm hungry. <laughs> yep. That, that makes um, sense. Hungry for Souls. And so the <laughs> with that being said, the portability didn't really make sense considering the battery life of the switch yeah um, yeah which is probably more demanding while playing that game yeah you have it on the switch right randy i do i own it physically on the switch okay not to cut you off dj no please do uh and i guess number two factor for me um i guess i wanted um the more uh different experience than the one i had already uh had um because i owned it on playstation 3 and uh allegedly like the the switch those graphics are supposed to be kind of most similar to the playstation 3 xbox 360 i had heard that too yeah i I would say from what i've played and compared to just screenshots i've seen it does seem like it's a bit muddier on switch to kind of get it running on there right so i guess i went with the uh with the yeah more unique experience so yeah i got it uh about probably over 30 hours at this point and uh it's only been a week (laughs) (laughs) um no i'm uh i'm loving it um and i'm noticing that uh you know every every playthrough i do a different kind of route um you know my first playthrough i was a pyromancer second playthrough i was a warrior all Um, in the first game you've played the first game this many times yeah how many times have you have you beat this is this is this will be my third time okay it sounded like you were just gonna keep going there (laughs) it's like oh and then my fourth time i played as the wizard (laughs) 
Um, yeah, so um, being a hunter now, so very, very bow-based, and I'm realizing that, oh man, it's so easy to exploit this game. Uh. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I've, I've obviously loved these games, being able to sink in this many hours, and it's the immersiveness that I find most appealing, I believe. Um, like I can, with most games, I have to put on a podcast or something to, you know, keep me entertained. Um, but with Dark Souls, I think the atmosphere and just the level of attention you need to give to the game, uh, just, I don't, I don't need any outside factors. You're right about that. There is something to be said for that. Like you can't have outside factors in that game or you will miss a timing in an attack you were supposed to do or a block or whatever. Like it sucks you in like that. If you're going to succeed in my experience at Dark Souls, like you need to be vested in like, this is what I'm doing for the next however long. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And how many how many hours just in comparison have you put in, Randy? I think I might also be around 30 hours, Um, although you know, by no means am I well versed in it. So <laughs> a lot yeah, of that is like restarting and getting lost. And, you know, I, I think I would guess that I'm maybe halfway through the game. OK, and I'm guessing you can probably burn through it a little quicker, DJ, like yeah. knowing kind of what you're doing. I know you just said you take a different route every time, but yeah, yeah. But I do have a yeah generally good idea of what I need to be doing. And right. Um, though. uh what I'm really looking forward to on this playthrough that I've not uh, experienced yet uh, is the DLC from uh, the first game, ah. which was just it's just automatically included and remastered. Nice. Uh, I think it's Artorius, Artorius of the Abyss. Someone's going to yell at me for getting that <laughs> wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, because uh, I've gotten the DLC of any Soulsborne game before except that so this will this will be like my last piece of that puzzle that's kind of awesome actually yeah um but yeah i i just love being so focused in a game that i almost forget the outside world that's almost a little <laughs> no that's, that's what i mean like, that's what i'm looking I'm for hiding from the world that's what i'm looking for a lot of times when i'm looking to play a video game so yeah well so obviously dark souls has a reputation for being like extremely difficult like a benchmark of difficulty but like since you've played so much of the series almost all of it at this point like would you say you still find playing through dark souls difficult yes uh but maybe not for good reasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> there, uh, there's a lot of bullshit in this game, <laughs> especially when uh, it requires you to use some platforming skills. Oh, oh this was yes. not yeah platform. Like, can you jump in that game? Um, sort of. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. <No. laughs> You can take a nice running jump, <laughs> which I didn't figure out for like 20 hours, by the way. I didn't know that that was a possibility. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, so I I don't think that that was as much of an issue in the later 
Soulsborne games, though. So that's good to you know. know. It it'd be hard for me to say that like this is the one you should play, which I think is the general consensus is that Dark Souls one is the best. Yeah, um, that's kind of what truest. I felt. That's what I'd seen, and that's why I jumped into this one. Yeah, I I personally really like Dark Souls three. Okay. Um, you know I feel like you know while it's more linear and that's maybe not up everyone's alley like you know it's less exploratory than dark souls one where you know there's so many paths you can take right at the beginning i might not like right that at more the beginning you saying yeah that that's like not that. that's why you're already speaking more my language because uh, i i'm someone who hasn't had a huge interest i played like just that first little like bridge area of the very first dark souls game um and i just I I don't know. I just it feels really clunky and slow and deliberate, but not in a good way um, to me. Um, and just from the little bit I played, and maybe it was the character that I selected or why, whatever the set of circumstances. But like, I haven't been someone who's super been super compelled by the series. But Bloodborne, um, I've started just a tiny, tiny bit, and uh, and then uh, yeah, other than Bloodborne, I've played a little. Um, or Jesus, can't even think straight. Tried moving a little closer to the microphone, but I, Dark Souls three like looked a little more fluid to me, um, in the way that your character moves and the way I, I don't know, it just looked a little smoother. It looked more appealing to me for whatever reasons. So. It definitely looks a lot better. Like I'd say within the past year, I've uh, played all of those games. Oh wow! Like, um, and going on my <laughs> not this playthrough of Dark Souls one, but one I did about a year ago, you know, it was shortly after playing uh, Dark Souls three and just the the graphics uh, difference was just disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and Bloodborne supposed to be more kind of action oriented, too, in my understanding. Right. I haven't played it, but yeah, it's uh, there's no shield. Yeah. Uh, and so um, what they encourage is if you've been attacked, there's a small window of time where you can regain some of your lost health by attacking the enemy. Ooh. Yeah, I like that risk-reward. Or not, yeah. not necessarily risk-reward, but like... Like a parry system, kind of, sort of. A delayed, yeah, like a delayed parry or something. Yeah. But they also kind of have, like, a I, the tiny bit I played, you kind of use, like, your at least a character that I had selected, or the weapons I selected or whatever. Um you uh you got like a more of like a melee weapon i had like kind of like a whip cane thing that could like morph it. each weapon could like do two separate things or something which took me forever to figure out it was like the most obtuse beginning to a game i've ever played um god i gotta stop hyperbolizing so much but uh <laughs> but it really it really i was just like i had no it took me 30 to 40 minutes to even like figure out how to enter the game itself <laughs> out of like the main hub and at that point i was just like okay i got to the first little like bonfire or the equivalent oh, yeah. of that in the game and like okay i'm i'm done not for good but for now but uh but you also have a gun like my this character had like a shotgun that was also kind of used like a parry mechanic you know just like if you time it perfectly, you can kind of knock the enemy back or interrupt their attack or something. Okay. So you have like defensive strategies, but yeah, the, the fast and fluid gameplay, uh, appealed to me a lot more than it did on the, in the dark souls games from what I had seen. Nice. And if I'm recalling correctly, 
Bloodborne is fairly linear as well. Nice. So, okay. you know, if I'm going to give you a recommendation, like... Eh. Start there? <sighs> yeah. From, for my taste, at least, yeah. you know. I mean, honestly, um, you could do Dark Souls 3 as well, because, you know, while, you know, there is a huge fan base regarding the lore of that universe, uh, it's not essential. And uh, so that's I, not why I would play it at exactly. all. Exactly. Right. I, I would, I'm with you that I'd want to be in that environment and kind of sucked into the the vibe, but I don't really need to. I'm not going to read all the item. Just like I always hear, like, oh, the te- it tells the an amazing story through item descriptions. And like I, you know, I just don't read those really. I mean, maybe once in a while, but like I, if there's a, if it's a game like that where there's just thousands of items i'm not going to read all the descriptions I'm, that's what wore not. me out on metroid prime back in the day yeah same thing. here yeah i don't want to <laughs> scan everything yep you know but that was more when i was trying to be a completionist with every yep. game i played too so i've i've kicked that a little bit same so dj let me ask you as someone that dropped off of dark souls so blight town really wore the crap out of me it just wore yeah. me down it whittled me down to nothing unfortunately uh, and I, I just didn't have any more will to con- continue playing after I had kind of seen that section of the game through. Would you say that I should keep playing and, and complete Dark Souls? Oh, God. Is that <laughs> where you're at? Yeah, I'm just around. after Blight Town. I, I think I ended up at some temple with a bunch of like raptor looking night dudes. Um, okay. Um, Is this like an infamously... Is this like a brick wall for a lot of people in the game or is or it's it's a pretty oppressive um, part of the game. Yeah. Um, and a lot of also poison. one that. Yeah. A lot of poison. One that I just find aesthetically not very appealing. Agreed. <laughs> OK. Is it all like green and brown or something? Yeah, or a lot it? of brown. Yeah. Oh, lots okay. of brown. Okay, that's one of the things. Yeah, Dark Souls in general looks like a really brown game to me. Like, no, it doesn't appeal to me. Although I have seen a few, like, I've, I've watched DJ play a tiny bit here and there. And, like, I do remember seeing some weird, like, creatures and demons and some cooler things than, like, at on initial glance where I was just like, this is just kind of a drab, bleak world. I don't want to be here. Right. Um. Well... How much do you like a challenge, Randall? <laughs> <sighs> I do. And like, I, yeah, I already own this game physically. So like that part of me wants to see it through just because. And, and it's such an important game, you know, that everybody references that I, I feel that somewhat that obligation to, to see it through that way. But boy, I, I fell off hard after that. And that's after playing like 30 hours. So like part of me feels guilty for dropping it, but it just, like I said, it wore me down with blight town. Well, and I don't think that's anything to, you know, be ashamed of. Like, you know, you should, I don't think anyone should feel like, Oh, since this is an important game, I have to finish it. It's like, well, I should spend my gaming time playing games that I enjoy. Right. If you're not enjoying something, What's the point? Yeah. What value fair. are you getting just out of saying I played this important game? That's fair. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where I the same angle I'm coming at with not being a completionist. Like, yeah. if I'm not having fun collecting everything there is to collect in the game, then why am I collecting everything there is to collect? Right. So, yeah, it, uh, you know, it's going to get. It's going to get a lot worse for you if you keep going in this. Um, so 
I guess my personal taste is if you do want to play one of these games, um, I do either Dark Souls 3 or Bloodborne. Um, I think those are still very challenging, but they feel more fair yeah. and more like you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. That's okay. really worthwhile feedback for me. Cause like, yeah, Same. I, yeah, I, I think I will check those out. I, I actually own Bloodborne already. So, um, me too. So we could follow yeah. up on this in the future. Totally. Thank you for letting me off the hook, DJ. I appreciate it. <laughs> and, uh, and but for if what you it, stop playing Bloodborne, uh, you're a bad gamer. No, <laughs> you're not. Actually, you're just not a gamer. Oh, okay. Um, that sounds good. <laughs> um, and for what it's worth, if anybody has had PlayStation Plus in a recent-ish months, I think within the past like six months or so, it was a free PlayStation Plus game. Yeah. So if you happen to add that to your library, and you know. I'm I'm going to also based on what DJ was saying. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking about diving into that. You got a you got a lot of games in your in your queue there, son. I know. <laughs> what what, do, what have you been playing? Uh, what have I been playing? I've been uh, this week I dumped a lot of time into Moonlighter, Ooh. which is a uh, another roguelike game, which is, seems to be what I like to sink my time into. I really like uh, I was talking to DJ about this a little bit earlier, but I kind of like um uh, just getting into like that, it becomes like part of your like lifestyle almost, you know, it's just like when I have free time, I just play Moonlighter. Yep. Um, it's like that no brainer. It's almost like when you're binging a TV show or something and you're just kind of like, I'm going to come home from work and I'm going to relax and I'm going to watch this or do, you know, do this. So that that's kind of what it became for me this week, even though it is a challenging game. But uh, I don't know, sometimes you get in like that Zen like state of like, although it doesn't it doesn't quite have a flow light flow like state. Like some of the, you know, like a bullet hell shooter where you can just kind of, you know, you just get in the zone. It doesn't right. quite feel like that for me, um, but it has a really nice uh, kind of two layered mechanic. I'm actually mo- even beyond that, but like two main mechanics where you're going. It's a dungeon crawler, kind not too dissimilar of like if you just combine the even though I hate just using other games to to describe another game. But uh, if you combine like the Binding of Isaac and the Legend of Zelda. You, you would basically have one half of the game where mm. you're kind of crawling through a roguelike dungeon only with uh, three floors on each dungeon, at least from the ones I've played so far. Huh. Uh, and I've put, I've put about 12 hours into the game um, so far. So it's de- there's definitely some meat on the bones. Um, but you're you're going into the dungeon. You can carry 20 up to 20 items in your pack. Uh, the first five items are like on your actual person. Uh, so if you do die while you're in the dungeon, you lose everything that's in your pack, but you keep those five items that are on your like top grid. Right. And it's just like a five by four grid that you're dropping the items into. And then those items that you'll pick up along the way will sometimes have like another like layer that's almost adds like a puzzle element to this to where like it'll say when you place this item in your pack, it'll destroy one item to the left. Or when you place this item in your pack, it'll duplicate itself and become the item to the left. Whoa. Or different like mechanics like that. It's not, I don't want to say it's not crucial. It's definitely prominent, but it's not like an, you could probably get away with just kind of like not paying too much attention to that. If you're diving deep enough into the dungeons, you're typically getting more than 20 items. Uh, So you, you know, you would just lose out on some potential money, but then you're, so you're, to get to that money, you're looting stuff and you can take it back to town and you're you have a shop in town that's called the moonlighter that's the name of the game and uh you're just running the shop and you're 
you have to juggle like the supply and demand and the prices of items and and lock in like okay this is the fair price this is the oh, each customer cool. will give you feedback of like oh you're ripping me off or they just won't buy it or that's they'll cool. kind of make like a sad face or they'll be like thrilled if you get it you know if you underprice it by you're like oh shit i could have made way more money on that <laughs> uh so there's like a nice risk rewards not risk reward i keep using that terminology but a nice like balance between that those systems there and then on top of that so you also have to save specific items to craft new weapons craft new um or you can like enchant your weapons or craft potions or um and then that also costs money as well so you really have to kind of juggle the interplay of like collecting the items you need to craft things but also collecting the valuable items that you need to sell to be able to pay to craft the things wow and to upgrade your shop you know you can upgrade your beds so that you have extra health in the morning or uh. an extra shield uh in the morning when you wake up and you can uh if you go into the dungeons during the daytime uh, you can only open your shop during the day but if you go into the dungeons during the daytime uh they're a little bit easier um so sometimes i'll go and like just try to loot day and night and then have plenty of items um, I've just gotten to the point where I upgraded my shop. I now have an employee working in my shop, so they'll they'll run the shop for me during the day, and they take thirty percent of the profits. Um, and like thieves will come into the shop, you have to chase them off, and like it's it's it gets pretty pretty hectic, you know. Even even when you got to keep throughout the day, like people are coming in and out, you got to like you have to actually be at the register to sell them the stuff. That's but then cool. you have to place things on the shelves to like replenish the stock so that you're not missing out on time. And you can open and close the shop. It's not. It, maybe it doesn't need to be that hectic, but I was trying to like min max the system. Right. And just like, oh, I need to make as much money as I can today. Sell as much shit as I can. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I just like I'm really sucked into the the pixel art is really fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's like kind of that beautiful. That, yeah, it's like that hybrid of like kind of right between eight and 16 bit. It's like mo- way more detailed than eight bit, but it's not quite 16 bit. It has like a chunkier look to it in a way. Right. Um. Uh, yeah, but I, I just like the music's really cool. It, it is, you know, like like DJ was saying that when I get sucked into some of these roguelikes, I do like to kind of put on a podcast. And like I said, it just becomes that like, oh, I'm just going to unwind and and do this for the night, you know, for for the rest of the night. So it, it I do do that as well. After I get used to like the dungeons music, you know, each dungeon kind of has its own theme and vibe. So I'll, I'll but once I'm used to that vibe, I just kind of throw on a podcast and keep playing. But yeah, I've really been loving this game. I had my eye on it like since it was announced it just you know looked awesome from right. visual from a visual standpoint and it doesn't uh quite hold up to you know the the visuals are one of the highlights of the game for sure but it but it really brings a lot more depth to the you know kind of almost combines like a stardew valley vibe in the yeah. second like shop version of the game not not so much that you're farming obviously but just like in the managing like how you like the goods you have and whatnot. Um, that gameplay loop sounds really cool. Like, yeah. It, just the idea of that. So you're, you're, you're improving yourself and like you're, you're leveling up your equipment and stuff. Is that just for the purpose of now going out to like a harder dungeon to get kind better of, items to come back to your shop and sell or whatever else? Yeah. And it, and it is pretty like layered in the sense of like, okay, so you, you pick like the sword that you kind of want. And there are a bunch of different weapons I haven't used too many, but there's, you can also craft like a larger sword. And then that there's all different like upgrades using different, you know, materials that you find that yeah. 
give it different upgrade, different upgrade paths, essentially nothing crazy, but just like this one will give you more speed, but uh, not quite as powerful. This one's more powerful, but it'll slow you down a little bit, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, But once you kind of pick those paths, you can like add those items to your wish list. and, And yeah, they are kind of all just tied to like, okay, once I'm in the second dungeon, I can get these items that will then allow me to upgrade my sword to the next level. Okay. And then when I get to the third dungeon, now I can unlock the next, you know, once you have enough money and everything. But yeah, it is kind of tied to that a little bit. Like, I, I do feel like you really can just keep chunking away at it and you'll eventually become powerful enough. But it, it, it does not get easy. Like, the bosses are tough. The enemies are pretty relentless. Um, it's not, a, not, a, not an easy game by any means. It does, uh, when you start the game, it starts on hard mode. It like, oh, and it says, like, right next to it, it says, like, this is the recommended way to play or this is the proper way to play. Um, Anytime a game offers multiple difficulties, I want them to say that. I I agree. Yeah. hundred. I was gonna. I thought you were gonna say that you want it that you play hard every time there's multiple I difficulties. Well, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Knowing knowing DJ, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I I uh, I agree with that hundred percent. Just say this is the way we designed the game and intended it to be played. If you want more of a challenge, pick this. If you want to just kind of go through the story beats, pick this. Right. Um, that, yeah, I agree a hundred percent, just like you should be able to remap the buttons, uh, which thankfully in Moonlighter, you can remap every button in the game. Uh, so I was able to get a nice, comfortable controller layout as well. I was appreciative cause I, I, I need to have my dodge roll button on the, uh, on the correct, uh, <laughs> trigger there. It just feels right. Playing on switch. You said, yeah, I am yeah. playing on switch. It does every here and there when you're in the town, it'll chug a little bit, but yeah. nothing that ever detrimented. Yo, you know, one time I did have the game kind of slow down to a halt, but all I had to do was like go back to the menu, reboot it and start it back up. It wasn't like in the it was like as soon as I entered a dungeon and it was, you know, nothing was lost or anything like that. So right. that haven't had any really technical issues or anything like that. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, I think it's available at many other like Xbox, PS4. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I, I know it's on Steam. Yeah, um, definitely available elsewhere. I think it came to the party uh, on the switch a little bit late. So I want to play that game. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I highly, highly recommend. Well, the switch game that I was playing is Golf Story. So that's uh, came out about a year ish ago. Uh, just a two-person team that made it sidebar games. Uh, it's still only on Switch, I believe, which is kind of interesting. Weird, uh, yeah. F- yeah, for it having come out almost two years ago, I think, at this point. Um, but it did very well on Switch. It was like, it kind of came out at a time when there wasn't a lot else out there. Um, so I think they did pretty well for themselves, especially Yeah, it was because, an early, early yeah, title. It was early and, like, they, you know... Mario Golf still had kind of a cult following uh, the RPG Mario Kart game or Mario Kart Mario Golf games uh, that were like on uh, Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance. Yeah, people uh, love those. They love them. And then Nintendo stopped making the the story and RPG based elements uh, in those games. Uh, they went just kind of pure arcadey and verses, which is fine. But um, yeah, and Golf I, Story I came no through experience. and filled that niche. What were, you, what were you saying, DJ? Said I have no experience with any of those games. I don't know how one integrates RPG with golf. Yeah, <laughs> it, it works better than you think it would, actually. Yeah, uh, for what it's worth, I've not played any of those either. I'm, I'm a roughly, you know, like or minimally familiar. But if yeah. you wouldn't mind talking a tad about those, if, if there's a strong enough comparison between the two. Yeah, um, it's, it's mostly about uh, being able to 
upgrade your clubs over time um, and just kind of adding a storyline progression to a sports based uh, backdrop and, and, uh, you know, just having that overall storyline and, you know, a somewhat linear progression path of, of going through, you're going to play this course, you're going to beat this person to unlock this thing, to get these clubs, to do better on this course where, you know, it's a 500 yard, uh, type of hole that you have to complete, but your clubs suck to start. So you're not going to get the best scores, yada, yada. It's that type of idea as far as golf. So, okay. Um, Any kind of, branching paths or is it like if you're playing this game you're pretty much going down this specific path um in golf story it 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 lets you do a bit of both there's definitely a main pathway um but at any given point um in the menu you can kind of look at four different uh things you can do and most of those are kind of side quest or like mini game based uh things that you can go because you've talked to uh, some like groundskeeper or something. And he wants you to like, he made this, you know, this, uh, hole at, on the course. That's not actually a legal hole. It's just something like he did in his spare time that he wants you to try out. And it's some crazy shot that you have to make across, you know, a water bank and it hits some turtle shell and ends up, you know, on some small Island. But there's a lot of that sort of thing. That's not the main pathway the of little things you can do to up your experience. There is an experience meter where you're, you're leveling your character up and that allows you to either have, you know, more power behind your shot or more control of your shots. Um, things like that over time. Um, so I've been enjoying it. I've always been kind of a sucker for these type of golf games though, generally, and a lot of sports games generally as well. So it also includes, uh, like, mini ga- uh mini golf uh mini games disc golf lawn bowling um there's actually like an embedded NES golf they called Galf G A L F that you can play like and it's a full out like NES golf game just like emulated in there which is pretty cool um but it's a really like laid back feel which I don't know I find myself coming back to partially for that reason it's just the music's very low key just kind of bass and horns um the game's kind of quirky um there's a lot of talking which i know kevin's not the biggest oh, fan of <laughs> god I, I was just gonna chime in and say yeah the music's great but yeah don't even get me started on those dialogue boxes i want to get you started on it <laughs> uh, it's just it's a little tedious it's like you know you yeah. gotta click through it all and it's and it, it uh, not only is it tedious but it also i i've obviously played this game a little bit as well um, actually quite a bit. Um, but, uh, it's been a while, but I do think the text boxes don't really fit stylistically with like the graphics of the yeah. game. I know that's like a nitpicky thing to say, but like kind of takes me, I, one of the reasons I, this game caught my eye is cause it looks cool. You know, it has that just 16 bit RPG, yeah, Super really Nintendo clean. era yeah. style, yep. you know, almost like a Pokemon ish yep. vibe to it. That's a good comparison. Um, and, uh, yeah, it definitely. And it just like Rand, everything that Randall said, like it's quirky and the music and it just it just looks it oozes charm. Yes. And it doesn't it doesn't not give that, but it kind of over over gives it, I guess. It's like a little bit. It's like trying a little too hard to be witty and yeah. clever. And, and it's just like it's just a little more than anything, just a little long winded. I can forgive, a, you know, a joke that falls a little flat or just doesn't land for me. 
But it just goes on and on and on. And I, I did find it. I did eventually kind of wean off playing the game, which is a little bit of a bummer because you do have to play through the main story game to unlock the courses to just be able to kind of play. Right. In a, like a free play mode or multiplayer it does have up to two players. Yep. Um, and I brought it home, brought my Switch home for Christmas one year. Me and my brother played a bunch and we used to play like Mario Golf together all the time on multiple systems. So that was, we had a really, really good time. And he's like a really he's really into golf, like truly and is like plays relatively seriously. Yeah. Um, And he was like really digging the mechanics of the game. He's like, man, you can really get that slice like uh. just right. Or like he, he felt like he had like great control. That's um, good I, just, I just remember him like commenting that on that over and over again. You can really kind of fine tune your shot, even though the the way to do it, like the controls and the menus and whatnot for that are a little clunky and a little. Uh, they didn't do a great job of like tutorializing that. I didn't think like I, no. I had to kind of just yeah poke around at the the buttons on the controller and see what did what. Like, can I? Is there a faster way to like switch clubs or even some of like the menus for selecting your upgrade path or your clubs and stuff? Seem like they were just like, oh wait, I selected that. Oh shit! Like right, just seem like I. It, it's a little little clunky. I, I ran into a lot of like weird glitches and like it, just weird things happening in this game. Uh. It's it's definitely a little rough around the edges. Yeah, the, especially when it first launched, there was a lot of glitches. Uh, I think they've patched a lot of that stuff out from what I was reading. And, and in just my experience lately, picking it back up, it, I didn't encounter uh, a lot of those glitches that I had before. But still, yeah, the, the control scheme clunkiness, like after a while, I just kind of absorbed what those controls were and it, and it was fine. Same um, here. Yeah, yeah. But it is weird. Like you're selecting different clubs by you know pressing up and down on the analog stick but then right and left on the analog stick kind of moves where you're aiming and it's easy enough to just accidentally push in a diagonalish direction and and do what you didn't want to do there yeah um, especially that with that happens yeah especially with the joy cons having that like real tight you know circumference yep you can like really easily push in the wrong direction Yep. Um, I know I had a hard time like playing Celeste. I was like, I had to pull, pull out the pro controller because like I'm not hitting those diagonal dashes the way that I need to, you know? Oh, yes. So I know that can be a little finicky. Yeah. And you are right that the, the game thinks it's a little bit more clever than it actually is. And it's uh, pretty self-indulgent with its <laughs> with its chattiness. Um, yeah. I it's still just, seeing those sections now. And I'm like, oof, come on, let's move this along. I get it. Come on. Yeah, let's go. I, th- I figured, you know, in the beginning, like, OK, the coach is going to be a little long winded. Right. He'll, he'll teach me the ropes of the game. But not not only does he doesn't not only does he never shut up, but he doesn't <laughs> teach you shit. Not you really. know, I don't know how to golf. I got to know how to golf. He just kind of talks so, shit. And then, you know, sometimes you, you do the right thing. Yeah, he's a, and he's a fucking hack, too. You have to play some holes with him. And he's like, he's like, all right, we'll be a team. He's like, we'll trade off shots. And he always takes the first shot and just shanks it into a bunker or like shanks it into the deep rough. He's it's like, dude, get out of here, coach. Screwing me over. But but I do like like some of like you were saying some of the weird like mini game challenges yeah. like uh that involve him like though like something like that that's a little more like playing an actual hole right but uh some of them are like you said like well bounce it off the turtle shell or hit all these into like these specific like uh you know like kind of like outlined grids or whatever on yep. the in the water like you have to land it right in the in the grid there 
or right, not or in the grid, but the, in the outline circle. Avoid the birds, and they've you know they got this dotted line radius of you know make sure you're not in their zone, or they'll pick up the ball and probably put it in a sand bunker. You know, yeah, then, you know. So that stuff's kind of cool, actually. You know, I, I, I was just gonna say. I was just going to say, I like that they incorporate some of that into the actual courses, yes. like the birds, like you were just talking about. Um, although I, I do wish it had the option, like in Mario Tennis, for example, how you can like turn off the yeah. court hazards. I wish you could like p- pick either or at least on like the free play mode, you know. Agreed. Um, again, this is just like me backseat game designing. But uh, <laughs> but that that would be just like a, you know, just a preference, because I do like to sometimes play like the true, you know, just or just without. The craziness, you know, right. sometimes I want to play like just let me see how I could do if this was a real golf course. Right. You know, not that it's trying to emulate a real emulate real golf in any like actual capacity. But uh, yeah, again, according to my brother, it's got some <laughs> pretty legit feel. So. It does. Yeah, the feel on it's not bad. And yeah, once I got used to all the the crazy ways where I could, you know, oh, let me change this precision control thing where I'm hitting the bottom of the ball so that it does a little backspin. It doesn't roll forward as much because the green's really small. Like you can get into that level of nitty gritty pretty easily. Uh, once you yeah. do understand the control scheme and, and, and I tend to do that on every shot now, uh, I'm about, I'd say I'm about halfway through the game and I will see it through despite, despite our gripes. I do still really like this game. Um, yeah. And for what it's worth, I, I would like to see it through as well. It's been a long time for me, so I'm glad you kind of brought it up and, and went back to that this week because I, I would like to or that that'll rekindle my interest in kicking that back up. But yeah, it is. It's hard to go back to because it's like you want to be as familiar as you were when I was playing it last, you right. know, and it's not going to happen, at least not at first, not at first. And, you know, the whole RPG element makes it a little tougher to jump into as well. Although I did manage to do it. There are things in there that, you know, it shows you a picture of the character you need to go talk to. So it's not that awful to to pick up and play again after a while. Okay. Okay. But I'd recommend it. Yeah, I'm going to see it through. Okay. Good to know. I will uh, I will dip back into that and maybe we can follow up on that if we end up uh, getting any further in that in the future. Totally. All right. Well, uh, I guess real quick, even though DJ said... He might not have anything to add, and neither do I. But DJ did finish up Octahedron did. this week, and uh, which I gushed about for a good 10 minutes last week. Um, <laughs> DJ felt a little mediocre at the time. I, I know you were, what, on like World 2 or 3 last time? Yep. yep. Okay, and, and any anything change on that front? Any new thoughts or still feeling about the same? Lukewarm? I mean, I definitely enjoyed the... Uh, increase in difficulty you know it seemed to scale pretty well throughout the game Mm -hmm. um but yeah i guess very uh opposite of the feeling i had with dark souls like i was very not immersed in the Hmm. level and i don't know if it's because you know maybe i'm being like overstimulated yeah just aware of like so many things like this bumping music these bright lights and it's I, a little chaotic I, I do agree with you on that i will i will and, and concede i i would feel that not even after completing a world but after just completing a few levels i would feel drained oh wow yeah i, I would i had a couple days that i played a few like longer runs of like oh i plowed through like a world and a half or something or like a full world but i did get to the point after a while of like okay i've played like three levels two three levels Okay, I'm I'll I'll play later tomorrow, you know. Interesting. Right, so. But 
I do think the levels are well designed in how they, you know, make you approach them, like adding unique gimmicks to each world um, and making you find out how to maneuver best through it. Um, but not I'm not sorry. quite on the same level as me of just wholehearted love it, and adoration. You, you know, I like it, but. That's about as far as I go. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's fair. Well, uh, well, how about you, uh, Randall? Anything else you've been dabbling in at all? Or yeah. Is uh, pretty much just golf story? or No, I played a, a bit of, uh, so relatively recently, maybe a few months ago, but uh, it, it, because it was just recently on sale, I picked up uh, Outrun uh, on Switch. It's a Sega... I think they call it a Sega Ages still. Yeah, it's uh, part of that series. Yeah. Yeah. Which it kind of trips me up because they've been calling it Sega Ages since like Sega Saturn, which is kind of wild. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because there's there was like Sega Ages collection releases on Sega Saturn. Actually, a lot of them in Japan. Um, but yeah. I think just one here in the U.S. Um, but this is for Outrun, which is, yeah, the old school Outrun that came out in like 1988. Uh, very arcade, just, like an arcade yeah. racing game, right? Race very much car. straightforward. Uh, in this case, single player, I believe, uh, racing game where you're just trying to basically beat your best time, see how far you can get, you know, hitting those checkpoints like all those old school arcade racers um, like Daytona or otherwise. If you don't hit that checkpoint, you've run out of time and effectively gas and your game ends there. So every, I don't know, 30, 45 seconds, you're like holding your breath, trying to see if you're going to get across that next checkpoint so you can extend another, you know, 40 seconds or whatever uh, to continue on. And it's it's very like 2D graphics, um, you know, very just straightforward gameplay. Uh, music's nice, but I enjoy it. Uh, and M2 is the one that does the conversions of these type of games, these Sega Ages games, and they do a phenomenal job on these releases. Um, uh, they did like Fantasy Star, and they've done some other ones. I think they did Sonic the Hedgehog on Switch as well. Um, yep. And they just do, they kind of, they make the game run perfectly, and a lot of times they'll just do that extra effort to add another mode or, you know, customization on the game. They They basically offer up anything they, possibly think you could want to do to experience this game um as best as you can nice. even though it's from like 20 30 years ago so it's like i think i grabbed it for you know five bucks something around there and it's it's well worth that even though i i've heard people say that this version is a little bit harder and i i feel like that might be the case because i can only get to about the second or third checkpoint most of the time <laughs> it's very easy to crash off the side okay so is, do you know at all, and maybe you don't, but is it like endless? Do you just keep going or, or are there actual races that you win Good and question. move on to a new track? Or it, But it, it's one of those like you're like racing into the horizon, essentially, yes. right? Like you're not. OK, so it's like behind you, almost but like pseudo 3D. As you get to like, so you hit your checkpoint and then there'll be a fork in the road that comes up and you can go generally left or right. And there's there's this there's like a series of forks essentially in this course, so you could end up playing um, a different way multiple times um, through this, where you decide to go right, 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 or if you go right, left, right, left, it's going to be a totally different looking track uh, as you go along if you can actually make it that far. Yeah. Okay. 
Interesting. Yeah, yeah this, that game definitely caught my eye, probably just because the little like thumbnail cover oh, yeah. art thing. Uh, just like look kind of, I don't know, just caught my eye. The bright blue and the red uh, just, I don't know, caught my eye on the eShop. And yeah, I think I might, I might have seen it on sale recently. It's a pretty but, uh, game. It's it. They did a really nice job with it, and I'd recommend it just as a turn your brain off, pick up and play type of experience. Uh, but I'm such the, a sucker for those type of games anyway. Me, me too, though. I mean, uh, it's t- a little bit different. Like, but uh, I feel like these roguelike games are just like more like taking that concept and adding a layer or two of depth in some way. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're unlocking and and getting more powerful and progressing. Right. But you know, there. I I really do feel like roguelike games are real. The what is considered a roguelike game, at least, anyways. I feel like they really are taking like what made arcade games compelling yeah and somehow figuring out a way to get that same feeling without having to pump quarters into the machine right they're they're often taking that like twitchy pick up and play and adding a layer of progression to it and that's you know a lot of times that's enough to just kind of keep you going yeah yeah i I really enjoy that about them because yeah they have that arcadey feel but not I'm just I'm not just playing purely for the mechanics. I'm getting something back. Right. You know. Right. I don't know. Something don't to move know if that forward. makes any sense. No, it does. Yeah. It does to me. OK. I always <laughs> feel more satisfied when I beat a roguelike just because I don't like feeling like I just beat this game because I memorized the entire thing. Like that's fair. Surfer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's a really good point. Yeah. Yes, like, I, I want to feel like I understand how the game works well enough so that I can apply them in whatever scenario they throw at me. Right. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's about mastering the mechanics and uh, we don't have to <clears throat> pardon me. Jesus, um, we don't have to talk about this too much, but I know DJ actually finished Flint Hook oh, recently, which is another roguelike, which has just silky silky butter have you played this randy yeah i did okay i put a few hours into it okay because this is like some of the butteriest movement mechanics that i've ever played in a game well yeah the animation and this music yeah um everything about this game is is awesome i think i mean it's, it's not top tier you know i wouldn't put it at the on the top of like the mountain of roguelikes or anything but it really just that grappling hook mechanic of yes. just like flying and zipping all over the level just feels so smooth. And like you, you really feel like, I don't know, a lot of games obviously give you like the eight directional shooting and, and whatnot. This game really gives you like a full 360 degree. Yeah. You know, 360 degrees of control, both with the grappling hook and with your firearms. Right. Which is really great. I, I, I really like how this game feels, but DJ actually finished it, which it is hard. I, I, I'm on the third level and just haven't even considered finishing. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's just how many levels they make you beat in a row in order to beat the game. Yeah. Because so like first boss, you have to go through what, like three ships, three ships. Before. Each ship is like a level, essentially. They're yeah. like little mini Metroidvania esque. Not not Metroidvania. I, I'm gonna stop using that term. But like, it's they're like little mini 2D platforming, you know, dungeons essentially. Right. But then, like, you know, the next uh, next boss, you gotta do five of the 
ships before you get to him. Then, which get progressively more difficult. Like oh, yeah. The ships get tougher and more numerous. Then it's and then the third. seven for the third. Jeez. But then no for I stopped. The, the final run of the game, which is the fourth, um, you got to do uh, three, three levels, then the first boss, then three more levels, then the second boss, then three more levels, then the third boss. <laughs> and then you have to face the final boss, which has three different forms. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Spoiler alert. You're never going to beat this game. Um <laughs> But it, it's it. I don't mean that to be like a total slam. Like if I really wanted to, well, I, okay, I guess you can beat the game. Obviously, DJ did it, but like it, it does have a lot of cool. Like I wish it had a little more versatility with it. But you have like a, a set number of like points you can spend. Like once you unlock a bunch of different perks, you kind of can spend. What do you get? Like fifteen or twenty like perk points that you can spend. Like some of that will give you extra HP right, or some that'll points, give you like yeah. a shield or some that'll give you a double jump or, you know, yeah. there's just different like perks that you can pick. And I think you, however many points like each perk is assigned a certain number of points that it utilizes to use. My my biggest gripe is the amount of duplicates. Yeah. Mm. That you just kind of stack like they're meant to like just be stacked, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I I'd rather once you get one, you only get that one and you'll never see it again. Yeah. Um, Although I, you do, you can use multiples of yes. that one. And I think there are a set number of how many of those there are. I think like if there's like the HP bonuses, like there's only so many of those because you right. do have to spend to unlock some of them. Right. I, I, it's been a little bit since I played some of them. You find some of them you have yes. to pay to unlock. Yes, I think sounds right. Um, but but either way, it has like a, it, I don't know, it has a nice secondary layer. It's nothing nothing quite in the same depth that Moonlighter has, where there's like these like second and third and even fourth layers on top of the the different elements of the game. But uh, yeah, it's it just feels I, I don't know. I love the feeling of this game. It's been a minute, but I I kind of want to dive back into that now too. I know it That's just me too. I do, you just zip around that I little know. and like that little pirate. I think he's a pirate. That's what they call him. Yeah. I his name. I know his name's Flint Hook, I think. <laughs> yeah. That's the character's name. It's really Jesus. unique gameplay. There's not a lot of games like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the better. And and for that matter, like a, very many of these roguelikes like Moonlighter and uh, the game I compared it to uh, Binding of Isaac and Enter the Gungeon and so on and so on. Like there are very many of them are that top down. Right. You know, room to room, nuclear throne. Same, same vibe, you know, they all have that like kind of top down with, you know, different t- takes on the mechanics and the combat and whatnot. But it's nice to play something that has a 2D vibe, you know, the that's a little more perspective. Yeah, I yeah, that's that's got a little more going on than, uh, you know, as much as I love Downwell, like that's like really simple and kind of just like, here's the here's the core concept. And that's all there is to this game. And uh that, well, whatever. I, that, I'm underselling Downwell big time there, but like <laughs> Flint Hook, because I like Downwell more than Flint Hook, but Flint Hook just has like a, I don't know. I got sucked in. I got sucked into the world. It's very like comic booky '90s kind of very vibe. Vibrant. Yeah, almost like Bucky O'Hare. Yeah, kind of vibe to it. I, I really got that feeling, like the gross, like green colors. Yeah, and, that's uh, a really interesting comparison as far as yeah the the palette of that game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I but yeah, really cool, really great soundtrack, like worth looking up, I would say, even just 
check out some of the songs. Like it's not mind blowing, but it's just good, like good pumping background music. It's cool. People don't talk about that game enough. Flint yeah, Rock. that's it's good. Yeah, definitely. Definitely put that on your list. Yeah. And it goes on sale, I think, relatively frequently. So yeah. keep your eye. There's a, what, like 300 games on sale on the eShop right now. So yeah, keep keep your eyes on that. Seriously. All right. So <laughs> we'll just jump into this here. Um, one of the things that we've been talking about doing um, on a at least monthly basis, yeah. maybe a little bit more frequently than that, depending on the length of the game. Although with this uh, with this game that we decided, maybe it'll be more, a little closer to a month. Yeah, let's um, hope so. we'll see. I know I know there's a little bit, uh, at least at the pace that I play games uh, for my sake, uh, too. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like we've all had a couple of busy weeks here. So, yeah. <clears throat> um, but uh, I know. DJ has played some Hollow Knight a little bit. Sure did. And uh, <laughs> and Randy and I, Randall and I have both uh, not touched it at all. Nope, I um, own it, but I have not touched I, it. Same here. I, I have it on my Switch. <laughs> and, uh, sinners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but this one's been on my list for a long time. I mean, it's been on a lot of people's lists. And it seemed like it, you know, I, I knew about it for a long time, but it seemed like when it came out on the Switch, it really got a bump and like everybody was like, this oh, is yeah. the greatest game I've ever played. Oh, yeah. Like people were just going nuts. It was, and it was like, man, I I knew about this game, but like I didn't I never heard it was that great. So right. um, but yeah, this one's been on my list. And I think when they put that last uh, of the free like update patches that they had, it was on sale for 10 bucks on the Switch. And that was just at whatever yeah, time I bought it at void heart edition, I okay. think was is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Sounds right. It comes with all the DLC. Yeah. 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 So as soon as I saw that, I was like, well, no brainer. Number one, I'm always going to endorse somebody being like, Hey, we're adding a bunch of free stuff to our game and we're putting it on sale at the Absolutely. same time. Like I'm always going to get behind that. And for 10 bucks and like from what it sounds like, this game can last you, you know, up to like 50 plus hours. Not that it, you know, it's all about breaking down the dollars to hours ratio, but um, if the game's fun front to back and right. I can get that much, you know, value out of the game, that sounds pretty great to me. So Heck yeah. um, that's something I'm, I'm personally looking forward to diving into. Uh, I know, uh, Randall, we talked about it a little bit, uh, but I'm guessing you're excited to dive in a little bit as well. Another 2d side scrolling based gameplay. I mean, that's, that's all that needs to be said. Like I'm always down and yeah, all of the hype I've heard around this game and, you know, all the comparisons to Dark Souls, like we, you know, talked about earlier, like there's more than enough reasons to be excited about jumping into this finally. So, yeah, I'll I'm be down. curious. Uh, I'll be curious what you think of the comparison people are making, because, you know, they are very different games. Yeah. Um, and to me, the two biggest similarities are just the level of difficulty and the um just the atmosphere like kind of the world that's being built okay uh, that you've been thrust into there's like a just a similar dystopian everything's a little uneasy kind of vibe okay okay so wait you're saying these are similarities or different similarities okay i thought for some reason i misheard that i thought you're saying there were differences well if you'd open your ears <laughs> and i even took one of the headphones off one of my ears i tried to try to open them up as much as i could oh, God. but no such luck got that pretty 2d art too oh, yeah really no. at, at first glance it almost looks a little bit like flash animation or something but then once you see how like fluid everything is and yeah it really like it looked a little drab at first to me or a little bland. But then, uh, yeah, I saw a little bit more. I think I saw either DJ or my buddy John 
saw somebody playing it in action a little bit and was just like, yeah, this looks pretty compelling. I'm I'm sold on checking this out. So DJ has been prodding at me for a little while to get started on this. So uh, I figure what the hell if we're starting up a video game podcast, got to play some more video games. So let's do it. <laughs> uh, let's dive in. I'm curious to hear more of uh, DJ's thoughts uh, on the game when we uh, talk about it. Probably in a few weeks, we'll we'll touch in. But if there's any notable uh you know, things that come up in the process of playing the game in the meantime, you know, we're not, we don't necessarily have to finish it before we talk about it or anything like that. Let's hope so. If anything comes up in the meantime that like really feels worth talking about, even in the next week or so, we'll bring it up. But if not, uh, we'll just talk about it later, (laughs) I guess. Sweet. All right. I'm at, I'm at a loss for words here a little bit. How are, uh, how are you guys both feeling? I think we might be good. We clearly <laughs> also lost for words. Yeah, I'm also feeling pretty tired here. I'm uh I mean I think I mentioned this maybe in the last episode, but in the process of recovering from hernia surgery here and uh having a bit of an off day here today. So apologies for maybe the low or awkward energy today. But uh Yeah, we talked some well. good games. <laughs> yeah, I can edit it out and make it sound a little smoother here. So <laughs> anyways, uh yeah, unless you guys have anything else you want to talk about or add, uh, I think we can uh, feel pretty good to call it about there. Let's call it. Sounds good. Cool. Let's call it a wash. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, my name is Kevin. I'm DJ. I'm Randall. And uh, this has been Pursuing Pixels. Thanks for listening and have a good night. Take good care. Night. Do we want to number the episodes at the beginning? Do we, we want do. to say what number they are? Yes. We do? Okay, cool. I'll try to keep track of that and remember. So, yeah, Absolutely. this is episode two of Pursuing Pixels. Uh, so, yeah, this uh, last week we talked about a bunch of different stuff. Mostly, God, I, okay, we're definitely not. We're definitely cutting this out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, just, uh, I almost want to, like, also take back my yo. <laughs> Let's start it over. <laughs> Restart the clock. Reintroduce me. <laughs> Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah, let's just start over.